Huzzah Rangers, this is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am here with my good buddy from the New England Free Jacks. His name is Thomas Grant. We call him Wills. Wills, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, thank you, Phil. Uh, that's a, that was a hell of a chug out of that trophy as well. Very, <laughs> very impressive form. It's good to see. Appreciate that, man. When you've got Spider, you know, being your hype man in the background, it's pretty easy to put him back. You know what I mean? And especially when you're yeah. drinking out of the Eastern Conference trophy there, the, the cup, it's it's uh, it was quite an honor to do that. I'm really, really happy that we were able to get that on film. And that's going to be the intro all off season long. I think we've, we've continued to use it. So I think it's just a tradition now is, you know, uh, for the rest of the off season, we're going to continue to use that one. So, yeah. That's good. Maybe we can get you doing a wee chug off the shield as well, although it's quite difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is a bit difficult, but totally worth it uh, for sure. Let's talk about, you know, because I know that you've been on the show last year, but I wanted to get people that may not have seen that episode familiar with yourself. So give us a quick rundown of your personal and rugby background, please. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so born and raised in Dunedin, New Zealand, uh, which is where our famous general manager, Tom Kindly, is from. So, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, really beautiful part of the world. Um, went to Otago Boys High School, as most New Zealand kids uh, do at a small age. They fall in love with the game of rugby. Mm -hmm. um, was never a great player and then probably realised that at, uh, <laughs> at high school. So decided to go down the operational path of things and... Um, got involved with managing the high school teams and things like that and was fortunate enough to uh, pick up a little bit of a, a gig with Otago Rugby and, and yep. sort of one thing led to another and um, after a, a few years under my belt there, TK reached out to me and now I'm in uh, New England and, and a part of an awesome family and a, an awesome organisation. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. I was on the show last year and it seems like yesterday, eh? time's, right, time's, yeah. time's flowing on by. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, super, super grateful to be here. It's, it's an awesome place. Yeah, man. I'm so happy that you're able to to be a part of the Free Jacks organization. I think you do a fantastic job. We're going to get into that a little bit later on about what you specifically do now for the Free Jacks. But I wanted to, what's your official title with them? And I know you have that connection with TK. How did that job opportunity actually come about specifically? Yeah, so back at Tiger Obi, I was sort of um, running the community rugby side of things, which, mm -hmm. which I'm extremely passionate about, the community game. Um, and basically TK reached out um, and, and sort of said there's a bit of a sports management uh, traineeship opportunity available. Um, so took that role on. He literally, he probably um, heard some good things from Ryan Martin, I think, uh, who was yeah. obviously uh, one of the original Free Jacks coaches. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I jumped, took, took the leap of faith and, and took TK's opportunity. And, and now I'm, I'm running our academy and community side of things, uh, which has been a, a really rewarding uh, year and a half taking on that opportunity um mm -hmm. i think we've definitely definitely made some big growth this, this year which is exciting uh, particularly in the in the youth side of things so yeah that's it in a nutshell um yeah excellent so happy to have you a part of the the community here and the the academies um so the academies recently played a couple months back there at Fort Quincy, and I was in attendance. Anytime the Rangers out there have the opportunity to go see the uh, the academy play at Fort Quincy or any array or in the area, I would highly, highly recommend that you do that. That is the Free Jacks of the future playing today. So definitely get behind the academies out there and support them any way that you can. But I wanted to ask you, during the season, you went to all of these schools because you're involved as the community coordinator nowadays for the Free Jacks. You went to Massachusetts and Rhode Island to introduce kids to playing rugby or teaching them the game. 
the basic fundamentals of it. Tell us about that initiative, how many schools uh, and how many kids were actually shown the game of rugby over the past season? Yeah, so the initiative's called Rugby in a Bag, uh, which is sort of piggybacking off a initiative that USA Rugby launched a few years back called Rookie mm-hmm. Rugby. Yeah. Um, and the Free Jack sort of took that on and, and made it a bit of their own, so to say. And the whole idea is to turn up with a, a bag of balls and some some pennies and cones and get to as many schools as possible and, and take a full day of PE classes within that school. Um, and the whole idea really for me is just planting that rugby seed in these kids' minds. You know, like once you get the, the rugby ball in these kids' hands, you, you see the joy um, that the sport brings and, and they want to learn more and more and more. So mm-hmm. that's what this year was about, just exposing as many new kids to the, the game as possible. And I think we... Mag said the numbers the other day. I think we reached uh, six and a half thousand kids this year. Wow! Um, you know, across all of our community and academy programs, which is which is awesome. Um, and I think the big challenge for us now is to convert uh, a lot of those kids into actually playing now. So right, um, that that's probably the the big ne- next step is uh, you know every school that we go to every. Every kid that touches a rugby ball, how, how do we get them running around on the the field and in real life? So um, yeah, Absolutely. it's exciting. It's extremely important as well because, you know, the the Rugby World Cup is what, like eight or nine years away at this point. So we got to get, you know, as many, many kids, uh, the age group that you're dealing with right now, exposed to rugby as possible and get a ball in their hand and really um, ignite that flame that of their passion for rugby. So um, you're, you're talking about the next step is really maybe to, uh, I would imagine, uh, usher those kids that are interested in the sport towards their local uh, rugby teams. Is that right? Yeah, exactly right. Like, as, as you said, there's some fantastic youth programs out there already. And I can mm-hmm. see some, some folks on the stream like Daniel, uh, who, yes. who runs one in Rhode Island, which is great. Yeah. Uh, so it's about pushing kids to those established programs and then also uh, building hubs in areas that don't don't have rugby programs. So, right. uh, you know, one that sort of frames to mind is Quincy. You know, we, we don't have a, a youth rugby program based in Quincy. So, right. um you know, to, to build these little rugby hubs everywhere is, is what we need and, and schools having after-school programs. Um, but really, it's about educating teachers around our beautiful game and educating volunteers uh, around our sport so that they have the tools to go and, and start these things and deliver sessions. 100%. Now, normally, like, I guess people would say, well, the Free Jacks don't have to focus on that at this point. But the Free Jacks model is very, very much community based, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the top tier of rugby in this country is MLR. And then the Free Jacks are on top of that pyramid as the champions and the best organization, as we know. But for them to focus on the bottom of the pyramid, if you will, the the way that you build this thing up is very, very important to what they want to do. And it really it speaks volumes about the organization they could just you know attract guys like myself and pull people in that are former rugby players and stuff like that to try to you know you know keep this thing going but they really really want to focus on the future i think that's very very important and we're seeing other organizations now kind of following in the footsteps of the the free jacks the, the trailblazers that they are they're kind of following their model now because it just ultimately works out better in the end wouldn't you say yeah, exactly. And I, to be honest, I think that's probably the one thing that, that drives me to stick around here is when you have uh, an organization and, and people with those positive mindsets uh, like Mags who literally just mm-hmm. let you go out and, and um, grow the game and, and get in the community as much as possible. So, um, yeah, it's super exciting. And as you said, the, the Rugby World Cup's in eight years' time, which uh, in the grand scheme of things is not actually a, a long time. So right. we've got, we've got to keep the ball rolling and um, 
yeah, keep getting into as many schools as possible. And it's sort of a, a win-win for us, really. Like every school that we go to, kids also learn that that New England has a professional rugby team, and right. hopefully they come along to Fort Quincy and see what the the awesome atmosphere there's about. Um, so there's yeah, I mean, there's so many wins for for our organisation doing this stuff. Hundred percent. There's wins all around. It's almost like we can't get tired of winning around here. Like there's so many wins. It's <laughs> happening. It's it's not like it's getting old though, because you know I'm I'm hoping that all these kids come to the games. You know we're expecting sellouts next season with the the championship oh, yeah. that's taking place because people love a winner, man. Winners are grinners. So um yeah, that's gonna be fantastic. Looking forward to that for sure. But let's take a a rewind. Let's hit the rewind button a little bit here. Uh, you do sideline reporting for the the New England Free Jacks games at Fort Quincy. Give us your favorite post game interview. What was what was that exactly? Oh, that's a great one. Good question. Uh, favorite post game interview this year? I think it had to be the conference final with with Mitch yeah. Jacobson. Yeah. Um, especially you know after last year, like this was the reversal and the ultimate feeling of joy, wasn't it? So yeah. just to to see the reactions. Um, and see Mitch and the team lift up that that Eastern Conference trophy, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. front of in front of fans like yourself, and just see the whole crowd get around it. I don't think anything would top that that interview. To be fair, um, I was bloody nervous to be honest. I <laughs> had the microphone shaking in my hand, but uh, yeah, <laughs> managed to get it done. But no, nah, it's it's great. Like it's cool to share those memories with the players. That it's awesome. Hundred percent. That was a great, great memory for Free Jacks out there. Probably one of the best memories so far. Obviously, the championship hoisting that uh, that shield uh, will forever be in the Free Jacks minds. But that Eastern Conference win to get over, the, you know, get that monkey off your back was definitely a huge deal. And Mitch Jacobson, what a fantastic leader he was for this team, stepping up after Josh Larson went down. Our boy Larry with a season-ending injury. Uh, his brother's going to be playing, you know, uh, as an All Black against our boys. Uh, yeah, Lou yeah. And, uh, Karate this weekend. So yeah, I don't know who to support. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's your New Zealand team, the All Blacks, where you're from against uh, our Namibian Warriors, uh, our, our uh, Free Jacks. So that's going to be a great, great game. I'm sure uh, everybody out there is really, really excited to watch that one. But uh, quick question for you. What's the wildest thing that you've seen on the sidelines during a game? Like I, there's some chirping that goes on back and forth, I would imagine. Have you seen anything crazy take place? Uh, so, something that you would not have expected on the sidelines? Well, apart from spiders' shenanigans in the stands, uh, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to top the flamethrower and things that that flamethrower that gets flying around all the time. But uh, oh, craziest thing I've I've seen on the sideline. Uh, that is a tough one, eh? Yeah, I'd say probably just the hostility of our of our New England fans, eh? Like yep. you don't really you don't really get that back in in New Zealand, like you guys in a great way like i love it you're just passionate and you're, you're brutal and um <laughs> you're feeding it to their players i remember when the free jacks or when we're warming up at fort quincy like one of the fans came around the the back of it might have been uh toronto or nola warming up and he was just feeding it to them the whole warm-up for like 40 minutes non-stop and i'm like heck yeah this is why i'm in the game of rugby yeah so yeah um yeah probably that just the absolute you know brutalness of our fans and uh yeah it's all in moderation. It's all it's all good stuff, really. For sure. Like rugby's about respect ultimately on and off the pitch. But at yeah. the same time, this area has just a bit of like it's it's a tough, rough, you know, the sports people around here are very, very passionate and they love their team and they don't like the other teams. And that's the thing I really, really enjoy about this area, man. It's like we'll talk a little crap. 
you know, about the opponents and will make them feel uncomfortable to a certain extent when they come to Fort Quincy. And it's true. Yeah. Like it's a very, very intimidating atmosphere. We're undefeated, you know, this past season for a reason. And that's the kind of stuff that we want to have going forward as the mentality and, and that reputation as a tough, tough place to play. And it all starts with the fans chirping, you know, oh, when the other team yeah. is warming up, man. It's, it's, it's that psychological game. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not wanted here. You know what I mean? It's so cool. Love that. Nah, yeah, the fans give an extra edge. And, and as you said, like rugby's a respectful game. And I think we never take it, we never take it too far. Right. You know, we never, we never go too far down the line where, where things get borderline. We maybe push it at times, but uh, yep. it's, um, yeah, it's brilliant. Like it makes our, our, our stadium such an, a hard place to play for, for teams, doesn't it? And um, sure. we saw that this year. We were talking off there about our our rival with Old Glory DC, who's yeah. been chirping a bit uh, to us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to <laughs> call it nowadays. Very interesting, boy. We are in their head big time. We're living rent free, Wills, in in the heads of Old Glory DC, the official Twitter page, which is really crazy. But uh, uh, you know, that's really. Yeah, scandalous right there for sure. But I wanted to ask you, because in previous seasons, you were the mic man at Fort Quincy where you had the microphone, you were, you know, shouting out the crowd and stuff like that. Is that something that you miss now that you're doing sideline reporting and all? Yeah, to be honest, it's it's actually a completely different dynamic. Like the there's a lot of, I guess, pre, pre-match work that goes into the broadcast stuff. So would meet as a as a broadcast team a few days prior. Uh, you'd collect interviews from coaches and and sort of um, plan your narratives and storylines heading into the game. Whereas I guess when you're just on the field with the mic, you're trying to hype the crowd and, and bring a bit of energy and, and fizz. So mm-hmm. I think from a personal perspective, I really enjoyed that. Um, I guess professional development and experience this year. You know, being being on TV and and it's something that I definitely enjoy doing. But right. yeah, it's both got its pros and cons. Like I feel like when you're hyping up the Fort uh, Quincy crowd, it just gives you this massive adrenaline rush, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Which you probably don't quite get on TV eh, when you've got the, you've right. got, I've got my earpods in my ears. I can't really hear anything. I'm listening to the TV director. Whereas, you know, I hear 4,000 fans at the Fort buzzing you up. It's, it's a pretty awesome feeling, but um, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to miss you. Surprised. In that uh, Spider-Man get up, man. That that was that was classic stuff right there for the super <laughs> superhero uh, festival for sure. It'll um, be back. It'll be back. Love that. Love that for sure. Um, give us your overall impressions of the Jacks 2023 season. What was your overall thoughts on it? Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful season, and you know we all know that we topped it off topped it off with the championship. But I think it was just a really well methodically planned out season and I put that down to you know the work that TK and the coaches do to get everything right you know and started way back in in uh pre-pre-season camp of uh was it January 2023 or December 2022 I can't remember we had it when we got that initial group of free jacks together and they had a a two-week slog with Scotty um and then they reassembled went to Houston and and had an awesome week there um I know we went down to the Sabercats in that trip but like that that was something that we hadn't done before and it was so crucial to get that time together. So mm-hmm. I think looking back on that, those were real vital pieces in the cog. Um, I thought the appointment of, you know, George Prochakos like added a whole nother level yeah. to the way the Free Jacks operate, um, particularly off the field, but also on it as well, um, just recovery and, and things like that. So, you know, overall, I think uh, while 2022 was such a success, I think, um, 
you know, TK and, and the coaches worked really hard to add in those missing pieces to, yep. to take it that next step um, mm-hmm. in 2023. And, and we did that. Like when it got to the conference finals, the boys were, I call it fitter, faster, stronger. Like we yes. were, we were in great shape. We were, we were ready to go. Um, you know, most of the majority of the boys were healthy. And I think the overall vibe amongst the team, um, and I credit that to the Canadians coming in and adding sure. that, that bizarre, um was just so good. Like there was never really, I guess, uh, you sort of in 2022, you didn't have nerves, but you sort of had, had a little bit of uneasiness, you know, like yep. could this be a year, but this year just, you know, felt right. And, everyone just had smiles on their faces at all times and it was just such a a good buzz to be a part of and um yeah i mean there's a lot of work that i think that's we're gonna miss mike rogers a lot he did a a lot of work you know culturally with um Mm -hmm. his his different creative ideas to to make sure the the boys are connecting and and synergizing as a team off the field um but no doubt whoever tk's got in line for the next assistant coach will have plenty of uh tricks up his sleeve too so absolutely You know, super excited about what took place, obviously, in 2023. But, you know, looking back at 2022, as you were talking about, like, it was a pretty successful year, right, getting to the Eastern Conference Championship. But what's really, really encouraging about this organization is they looked at the failures and said, how can we improve to be even better? And they implemented those, you know, things that they thought would be good ideas to bring in. George, you know, get these Canadians in here to help out with that aspect, you know, domestic talent, domestic North American talent, uh, to bring those guys in here to help with the culture all of that sort of stuff added up to a successful championship year in 2023 so all of that is extremely encouraging and i'm really looking forward to see what happens going forward because it's really really crucial obviously to have that team culture you know it's going to continue to set that standard in the locker room that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff because that's what really ultimately gets you across the line is the love that you have for your teammates that culture that's been built up is really really important so very, very encouraging stuff for sure. And we just hope to continue that success going forward. Yeah, um, for sure. Favorite moment of the season? Was it the Eastern Conference Championship? Uh, it'd have to be the, the championship final. <laughs> like it's hard it's hard to top that, right? I mean, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Eastern Conference was so special in itself because that was our probably our best ever victorious moment in front of our home home exactly. fans, right? Like, you know, yeah. in the the aftermatch ceremony and the, I think we had fireworks and things like that, you know, that, that was awesome to share the, the memories of the home fans. But I mean, going to Chicago, I thought the Hounds and the MLR did a great job of, um, 100%. you know, putting on that, that spread, as I call it, we had Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal, like someone I just so grew cool. up watching on TV in the flesh, like, yeah. um, and then, yeah, obviously to get the victory, like, wow, what a fantastic game, as you've probably talked about a thousand times on the show yeah. already. You know, yeah. we, we don't need to go in the game, but um, I think just the post-match celebrations, I mean, that's what I live for. Uh, dropkick Murphys, and then yep. we went out, went out obviously as a team after, and um, you had the owners there, like, never in a million years did I think I'd be having a beer with, like, a Super Bowl champion, you know, <laughs> right? Named Ever and Patrick Chung, which is just like so cool to, yeah, so cool to say. But um, yeah, just to see the smiles on everyone's faces, like uh, yeah, and you can't you can't write that off, can you? It's just such an awesome memory. Hundred percent, great atmosphere there in Chicago. They did a fantastic job, as you're saying. I mean, like Shaquille O'Neal opened it. What? Yeah. Like it's so crazy. It was so wild. Uh, his oh. hands could literally hold my body in, in one. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big, no big man. 
huge guy. We have to get him in the uh, the line out at some point. He wouldn't even have to jump. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, you know, you recently mentioned on your appearance at Let Freedom Ring that Otago, which is where you're from there in New Zealand, would be lucky to get 1,000 people in attendance. Rugby is the national sport of New Zealand. Why are people not showing up to NPC games, do you think? Great question. Yeah, I mean, if you look back to, you know, 1998, and I'm using Carisbrook as an example at a target, like you'd have, you know, 20 to 30,000 in the stand. And now, and I know this from literally working there the past couple of couple of years, like we genuinely probably struggle to get just on or probably over, just over a thousand to games. And I think a lot of it's probably due to TV, like right. rugby's, rugby's at a stage there now where, you know, almost every game in New Zealand, whether it be club or high schools, like on TV. So okay. people would, would much rather sit in the comfort of their home than, than pay money to, to see a ticket and, and um, you know, get down to the stadium and watch it there. But I think what's been really positive this year is quite a few provincial unions have decided to take their games to some of the club venues. Um, okay. yep. And that, that that's quite an expensive lift um, for a province to do because they need to build the infrastructure to, to televise games there. So, right. um, yeah, I think that's a really positive step they're taking. But, yeah, I think that's got a big thing to do with it, like the television. And, and also, like, in New Zealand now, you turn up to a rugby game and, and that's it, right? There's, there's uh, you know, when you turn up to a game at Fort Quincy, you've got these wonderful food trucks, you've got the music, you've got things for the kids. Like, there's so many other different elements that make it just more than a rugby game. And, and I right. think other teams around the league do that good as well, like San Diego. So, you know, we don't really have that back home. And I know um, there's been a massive article out about uh, – the potential future of the NPC in, in New Zealand and the, um, I guess, scrutiny that it's under. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty pretty worrying to see that because that's, you know, that's the, the grassroots and the beating heart of New Zealand rugby. Um, but to be honest, like, yeah, a big part of it does come down to, to te- television and streaming games and um, it's a big moneymaker, isn't it, <laughs> TV? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Free Jacks would be, you know, or just MLR in general would be lucky to have, you know, like, 10% of the NFL yeah. TV revenue. Like, we, you know, like we would be crawling on our hands and knees begging for that type of revenue coming in for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, it's great that it's available on all of the channels and stuff like that. But if you're ignoring the fan experience at games, you know, people aren't going to show up. And that seems to be what's happening in New Zealand, which is really sad. And I hope that yeah. turns around for you guys because NPC is very, very important. Obviously, for our guys that are up, you know, that are rostered Free Jacks guys, um, yeah. whether it be development guys or just fully rostered guys they can go down there and get full year-round professional rugby that's so so crucial and and mm. learn how to play the game down there with those professionals the guys have been playing their entire life so yeah that, that that's really really important that synergy that's been developing and that strategic partnership very very crucial so we definitely want the NPC to be successful for sure um yeah. Next thing I wanted to ask you about is you were out in Austin, Texas about a month ago for the MLR Collegiate Draft representing the Free Jacks. I saw you with your Free Jacks <laughs> polo on. Tell us about that experience out there. Um, TK was not available. I think he was down in New Zealand at that point. So, you know, what took place? Yeah, TK TK, and Scotty were, were having some well-earned family time uh, back in their, their homelands. So, uh <laughs> I, I got the the call up, which was pretty funny to be honest, because yeah. it was like all of the head coaches and the you know the big wigs of every franchise, and then the the MLR, 
you know MLR staff there, and then there was just me rocking in, which was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But I had I had my little uh, my polo, and I wore my champions tee into the to the airport just to show them. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was cool. Nah, but it was actually a, a really um, let's put it interesting experience. It was uh, as I said, we we were sort of in the deserts of Austin, as I call it. I don't really know Austin as a, a as a city, but we're in the outback part of it, and. Okay. All of us uh, MLR staff or uh, representatives of each team were crammed into a van and sort of driven up this uh, dirt gravel road to a, a music studio. And it sort of felt like we were uh, going to be executed, to be honest. Wow. It, felt like a, it felt like a Saw movie. We were, we were about to be trapped and, and fed to, no <laughs> to some evil creature. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was in a, a sort of remarkable place, like a music studio in the middle of nowhere. Um, all of the draftees, the the top thirteen picks got flowing in, which was super special for them. Like they had no idea which team they were going to at that point in time. Um, and then the live taping of the show happened, uh, which was uh, really well put together by the league. I thought it was great to have, as I said, all the representatives there. Yeah. Funnily enough, uh, our pick Gabrielle Casey was actually in Tonga representing uh, right. Canada, yep. so I was there to shake Casper uh, the Ghost's hand. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. um, yeah, I was. I was li- Literally, there's the show face, but it was cool to connect with um, connect with all of the the new representatives of each right. team. Like Utah has a new general manager, and yep. um, met the Miami Sharks uh, CEO general manager. So that was cool to sort of form connections with them, um, and and meet some of the major league staff as well, who I hadn't hadn't come face to face with before. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, a great experience for the kids to to have their name read out, you know, sure. live on TV and. That's the first step in their professional journey, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be cool to watch their careers develop. I know someone like Matt Antisev, who's represented uh, represented our academy before going to LA. Um, mm. Yeah, it's going to be cool to watch him. Absolutely, it's so cool to see those guys, you know, coming up through the ranks and being able to get drafted and play in the MLR. Very, very cool experience for them and their families. But uh, did you pull yeah. any pranks on Stephen Lewis, the GM of New York, or anybody else while you were there? Like any whoopee cushions uh, while he was sitting down? Or <laughs> That's a great question. I actually um, I formed quite a close bond with Steve on this trip. Actually, I actually uh, I went out with uh, him and Rick Salizo for brunch. Uh-huh. So, uh, and Rick uh, recently left his role uh, with New York. So he was on his way to London. So um, had a wee brunch with Rick and Steve and just nice. tried to, to pick their minds on what New York's trying to do for 2024. Excellent, um, excellent. But no, I, I always enjoy giving um, Steve Lewis the lizard a little bit of, a little bit of stick. <laughs> he's, a, he's so he's damn a, charming. It's, it, it, yeah, you know, it's easy to a, hate New York, but it's hard to hate him, man. He's, he's great. Nah, but nah, no, no silly tricks. I should have maybe snuck a laxative in his pancakes or his coffee or something. <laughs> but yeah, maybe next time. <laughs> next time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's your take on the the free the three draft picks by uh, the Free Jacks? Obviously, you mentioned uh, Gabriel, who is our first uh, round pick there. Um, Canadian international already. You know, so you know, what's your take on these guys? Yeah, I'm really excited. I think first of all for Gabriel, like. It's pretty rare that you get a draft a guy that's already had international experience, right? right? Like, I mean, that's that's very rare. So that that experience for Gabriel would have done him a world of um, a world of wonders in his development as a player. So I think it's really good for like for Scott. It gives um, him plenty of options across the back line. He's a he's a versatile and, and he's a utility player. So that'll be that'll be good to see where he fits into our back line and. Um, Junior Guffer is one that really excited me, and I was actually yep. really push, pushing for him to come to New England. I think 
I think he's got massive potential. He's uh, I've seen him play a number of times. He's played for our independence. He's played for our collegiate all-stars. And obviously, he's um, representing Brown, was representing mm-hmm. Brown. So yep. um, he's got a football background. He's uh, extremely physical. I think physically, he's there as an MLR player. He's ready to go. And now Scott's going to get him into the, the mix and, and get his, um, his skill development going and his, his rugby IQ up to up to standard of uh, what it takes to get for Jack's player. So I look forward to seeing his development. Um, and Will Chevalier, Chevy, I love yeah. that man. Yeah, um, hell yeah, like a rock, baby. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually played at our sevens tournament, which I didn't realize we the Free Jacks hosted the monumental sevens. And mm-hmm. I remember watching him play for Indiana, and I was like, "Who's this kid carving up?" And yep. soon enough, when the draft came around, he he turned out to be um, in that draft and also a USA Eagles squad member. So incredible, um, right? You know, already yeah. experienced with the USA sevens program, which is really, really incredible. Like for us yeah. to get a guy that's capped for Canada and a guy that's in the building with USA rugby sevens in a draft, like TK's yeah. just running circles around these people. Like it's he's just yeah. dunking on them, dude. It's so funny yeah. to watch. No, you know? he is. He is. He's getting the he's getting the and ones, the and ones. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it just shows like it comes down to doing your homework. And I think yep. Will Chevalier uh, was quite a late entrance into the draft um so yeah, we pounced on that pretty pretty quickly and yeah i mean it's going to be brilliant to have all three of those guys in our environment i know um yeah there's some things coming up that'll look to get them i guess uh exposed to our environment nice and early which will be super cool for them to, to experience Excellent. a bit of boston Yep. I know last year you got in touch with some guys that went undrafted that were very, very like had a bit of potential and yep. you guys brought them in for, I think, the preseason training type stuff. Is that something that you're doing as well this year, getting in contact with those guys? Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a really good point you make. Like one of those guys, Chandler Owens, we brought in uh, and he's now starting for Mystic in the ARP. Yep. Um, and that, that's off the back of, of that initiative. So trying to get those guys that, that didn't quite get drafted but still have potential ceilings and, and potential, um, you know, a lot of potential in rugby uh, into our into our environment. And, um, yeah, it's good to see someone like Chandler flourishing. But I know we're looking to have a camp at the end of the year, as, as they usually do, and we'll be definitely reaching out to try and get some of those um, guys that were on the, the cusp to, to come along and get some experience. Excellent. I think that's very, very good ideas from this organization to bring those guys in because there's some, yeah. you know, there's some some hidden gems, if you will, or unpolished diamonds that didn't yeah. get drafted, right? So you get you get those guys through the door, identify them, keep them around, keep them under your wing as a development player, a player perhaps. Like you know, talk to these guys, like get a job. You know, you can be part time with the Free Jacks, come train with us every once in a while, and you know, we'll have your number. If somebody goes down, you'll get you right into the program. So I think that is so smart by the organization yeah. to do that. Uh, let's switch gears here and talk about the Shield Tour real quick that's been going on. You've done some locations. What locations have been done so far, and where will the West be coming up soon? Yeah, nice. So we started the – well, we obviously started the Shield Tour at our home stadium, which was cool, and we had the parade. Yep. That, that, that was pretty awesome. Um, and then we sort of – I guess the, the stars aligned, and we already had our RTGs planned, our – regional training group sessions, which are our uh, tracking days that we we hold for our academy. So we combined the shield into that to give, I guess, a bit of extra juice. and the first one was in Hartford, West Hartford, Connecticut, which was which was super awesome. And I think we've done a really good job this year to align with clubs in the area uh, to make sure that we're tapping into their networks and and also um, 
you know, hitting their, uh, their community breweries and their community sponsors to, to take the shield there when we're in the area. So um, essentially what the, the academy events are is they're, they're uh, ways for us to identify, you know, potential talent for our academy sides in a nutshell. And uh, I was blown away by the talent that we had in Hartford. Uh, we went to Keene the week after that in, in New Hampshire and mm-hmm. uh, did, a, did a session with a majority of the Keene State College boys and I just I couldn't believe it. Like nice. you mentioned it earlier that there's some some gems and I think there's plenty of gems in New England. Eh? Like, Love I think it. There's, there's plenty of boys out there that just need uh, time in the saddle and, and time in a, um, you know environment with some different coaching and some different opinions and different developments. So now's mm-hmm. the, the task for us to get those boys uh, you know, to, to us and, and, and a bit of time within our academy system. Absolutely. So what you're doing is you know, you're showing off the championship, but you're also identifying potential talent at these yeah. regional training groups that could be moved in or funneled into the academy system and then kind of work their way up, which is very, very cool to see. Yeah, so we've we've had that. So that's the afternoon session. And then in the morning, it's a new thing um, that brought in this year called a youth masterclass. Okay. And essentially, it's a 90-minute se- uh, session for kids that are under the ages of 15. Um, and the whole idea around the youth masterclass is to provide a little bit of upskilling on the, the key fundamentals of rugby. So age-appropriate um, skill development. So just having a look at some tackle technique, uh, catch pass, um, some decision making and and just seeing where we can give um, you know individual feedback to players and, and upskill players in those areas and I think it's really important while kids are at that age that they get that they get that level of um, level of development so Josh Larson you know Free Jacks captain Wayne mm-hmm. Vanderbank uh, Tavita Sole yep. have been you know with me in the the Red Free Jacks van coming around to these regions and uh, you know I think there's no better you know, no better feedback to get them from players themselves, right? So it's it's pretty special for those participants to, to hear feedback personally from the players, I think. Absolutely. You're getting, you know, feedback from professional players and it's free, right? Like, you know, what better way to, you know, show off your skills and then get feedback from guys that have been there and done that. It's really, really cool what you guys are doing, going all across New England, showing off the championship and then, you know, identifying yeah. these these talented uh, youngsters and also, you know, you know, throwing some stuff out there, running through some drills. I think it's awesome. Very, very cool stuff. We're uh, in um, Vermont this week. Come on down. Okay. Yeah. Vermont. Yeah. So Love we... It. I forgot to mention, yeah, we're in Burlington on this Sunday, so we're we're staying in uh, Hanover, Dartmouth on Saturday night. Um, yep. So if anyone wants the shield at their their local establishment, feel free to reach out. Um, yeah. in, ex- in exchange for a pint of Guinness. That's a pretty good exchange right there. <laughs> no, no, I've had Bo- Bozo Six will no doubt be in, into the, the DMs now trying to get it to, to his place. But yeah, Absolutely. I- yep. You know, he's already typing up something right now to try to get a little <laughs> uh, a little pit stop for the shield to drop by the old uh, nice. uh, granite bunker, as we call it. Um, final thing for you here, Wills, I wanted to go through a couple of questions that came in from yep. our listeners, the Rangers out there and viewers. Uh, what is it like to be the face of rugby in New England? That is from Chris. <laughs> That's a huge statement. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I don't know about that. No, it's um, no, honestly, like, I think it's, it's, it's really rewarding. Like, I think <laughs> It's a thing. If you cast my mind back when I was in New Zealand, I you know didn't think I'd I'd be doing this, and I'm extremely grateful to have the opportunity to do it. And I, it's certainly not an easy role. I think um, right. you know people see this stuff on social media, and 
you know the the fun stuff on the microphone and getting into schools but i think like a lot of a lot of work not just from myself but the other stuff like goes into making those things happen and, and planning around that so um no but super grateful grateful to get out in the community like it's a pretty cool job if you're just out meeting people every day and um you get a change of scenery monday to friday or monday to sunday should i say yeah. um and you know get to see some wonderful places and, and meet people with different backgrounds and stories so yeah it's it's great like yeah it's honestly words probably can't put it put it to fruition like it's yeah it's a dream yeah you're doing a fantastic job as well so uh you know pat yourself on the back in that aspect uh we got one from oliver your co-worker <laughs> coming in here ask wills who is his favorite colleague who's your favorite wow. colleague alicia no i don't pick favorites <laughs> <laughs> excellent political nah. answer there now nah, they're all they're all great in their own respects um i've got a got a soft spot for each and every single one of the the free members of staff um now nah, i think it's good like we <laughs> everyone's so unique in their own ways and everyone's got their own own skill sets like ollie's uh whiz at creating things um he can he do sure many is. other things so i probably haven't done justice to that but um you know and then you've got like the, the brains of mags <laughs> which yep. i haven't even um worked out yet but i'm learning day by day it's, it's yep. brilliant um i said when mags passes in 40 years time I'll, i want him to donate all of his brain power to me uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure like we could all use a little bit of uh, mags's brain power for yeah, sure man his dna his dna but now nah, i've got a yep. yeah obviously i've got a soft spot for my kiwis um yep. there's only one with me at the moment tk uh -huh. yeah yeah no place like home 100%. Uh, we got one final question here for you. When it comes to being great, how challenging is it to stay <laughs> humble when it comes so easy? That's also from Chris. Jeez, Leninger, you're going nuts on the comments tonight. That's great. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't come easy, so that's probably point one. <laughs> it certainly doesn't come easy. Um, no, nah, I mean, like, one of the free jacks values is staying, staying humble way. Like, we they typically don't hire people that aren't very humble or players that aren't very humble. Like I think a good example is when we score a try where we're back to halfway and it's on to the next job. And I think that's the same thing like with us, like we just had, had a music festival that finished, like that's done. All right. What's yep. the, what's the next job? Like we're right. constantly focused on, you know, how can we improve and, and how can we make this thing as good as it can be? Um, and that's happening right now. Like we had a massive staff call, uh, on Wednesday about our 2024 festivals and all the little bits and bobs that are going to go into planning those, you know, and mm -hmm. yeah, we're in September now and the season's only just finished a couple of months ago. So like, nah, it's, we, we're just onto it into the next job, Chris. Humble, hardworking, and fun is the mantra yes. of the Free Jacks, and that is definitely uh, Wills in a nutshell there. Um, just final thing before we get you out of here, your opinion of Old Glory DC as an organization <laughs> and as a brand. What do you got for them? Jeez, am I, am I going to be public enemy number one on that? <laughs> no, I'm public enemy number one. <laughs> <laughs> You're public enemy number one. No, I've got, no, I've got nothing too bad. Get, they've never personally affected me. Uh, any... Uh, yep any any team i don't really have a grudge for any team in the league no one's really done anything bad to affect me i can understand the uh the boston new york rivalry i get the feeling out of that one but now nah, dc is good i see they've changed i'll give them a positive they've changed to a grass field um yep. next year which I, I just looked at the complex on google maps that's nice i think mm -hmm. rugby should be played on grass i'm a massive pioneer for that i want to start a fan page obviously it's tough to come by in new england given the con yes. conditions that we get um in the yep. winter but um 
yeah, the color scheme, the color scheme feeds. So I see yeah. you guys uh, uh, jacking it up on Instagram, so I'll give you a bit of love. Appreciate that. <laughs> and any message for the Rangers out there before we let you off the uh, the, the arrow here? No, have a have a good Christmas when it comes around, and uh, recharge your batteries, refill your glasses because we're uh, going again in twenty twenty four, and uh, I want to see everyone uh, at the home opener: rain, hail, snow, sunshine, Absolutely. blizzards. Uh, because it's going to be a cracking opening day. Um, I know we've got some really special things planned to uh, sort of cap off what 2023 brought. But um, now get your season tickets. I know they're out selling now. Like, yeah, jump on the train because, uh, yeah, it's going, it's going up. Yep. Love it, Wills. Thank you so much for being on here. We're going to say one word to exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Thank you, buddy. Beauty. Appreciate you. Bye.